Lord Jesus, good morning. Thank you for this Tuesday morning and the cooler temperatures that I got a chance to breathe in this morning, some fresh, clean air. And uh, thank you for that refreshment. And Lord, we ask your spirit um, to provide uh, refreshment to us as we recalibrate for the day and for this Tuesday. And uh, Lord, as we, Dakota's uh, speaking on a, on a tough topic, I uh, just ask you, your spirit to be uh, in him, actively speaking through him to us, uh, words that you want us to hear this morning, words that are going to encourage us, challenge us, and equip us. We love you, Lord. Amen. Dakota, good morning. Good morning. I am uh, going to pray as well, and then get started. Father, just ask that you would um, speak most clearly through um, the things that I'll share this morning, Father. Um, this topic is close <laughs> to your heart, for sure, but there's also some amazing things that highlight the, the significance and the importance of your son, Jesus, and the cross. And so, Father, I ask that you would magnify mm -hmm. the glory of that this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, so, so this morning I'm going to be talking about Genesis chapter three. I've kind of been working through Genesis, and that's been great because it is easy for me to pick what I'm going to talk about. Mm. And it's also difficult because you kind of have to allow the word of God to uh, bring up the topic and, and, and you have to kind of submit to what it, what it says. And so Genesis chapter three describes probably many of you guys are familiar with um, the story of um, Satan tempting Eve and ultimately sin entering the world. That's basically what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And some of the questions that Genesis 3 really helps us to answer are some really, you know, serious questions, but also really important questions, such as why history is so violent, right? You look back on the number of world wars and even before that, I mean, there's so many descriptions of, of wars and, and many of us are probably even interested in like some of those things, but, but they just have littered and scattered history. History in many ways is very violent. Mm. And another thing that I think about is, you know, why, why do children not have to be taught how to say no? Right? Mm. <laughs> like it's, there's something in our nature um the, where we know evil we we learn evil naturally and the number of people that i've gotten to meet and you've gotten to meet that have traumatic past events whether you know abuse of some kind or um really awful trials or difficulties or cancers or or whatever the case may be um I guess I'm not highlighting too much cancer, but those, mm -hmm. uh, those, the, the things where evil has been done to us, bullies, those types of things, we have those experiences and we have history and we have these experiences that show us and, and really ask the question like, you know, where does this come from? And if you think about it, without Genesis chapter three, we don't really have good answers to those questions. Mm -hmm. Without an explanation of where evil sin comes from, we're kind of left in the dark without a flashlight, right? We don't have an answer 
to some of these questions. So this makes this chapter really, really important. And what I want to highlight is not just the significance of that question, where evil comes from, but I also want you to see how Satan and, and his role in all of this and how he, um, how he tempts us, how he cleverly speaks to us in such a way that causes us to do uh, evil things. And so I think it's a really important thing. And lastly, it shows the significance, the glory, the majesty of the cross, the beauty of what Jesus has done when, when you compare, when you reflect it, uh, you know, beyond the, or you compare it next to this, this thing of sin, uh, it shines really, really brightly. So I want to end, we'll end talking about that. What I'm going to do is highlight just the specific, these first five verses in Genesis chapter three. We'll go ahead and read them. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not eat, you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Right. And so we see Satan's temptation and ultimately Eve um, falling into this temptation. But each of us have very similar experiences. No, it's not the same as God telling us not to eat from a certain tree and going and plucking that delicious looking fruit, I'm sure, but we all have different experiences. We've been tempted in the same way. One of the ways in which I've experienced this most clearly is a kind of funny, but also like sad story of something awful that I did. And uh, one of the things that I tell people about is this time when I stole an Xbox from my grandmother. Mm. And most people go, how the heck did you steal an Xbox from your grandmother? <laughs> which would be a good question. I didn't literally steal the Xbox from her. I did something much worse. I snuck into her purse um, while she was watching us poolside and got her credit card information and ended up buying an Xbox online. Now there's a much longer and much more stupid uh, version to this story where I tried to I ordered it where I'm an awful criminal, basically, is how this goes. And I got caught very easily and very quickly. And there's a much longer, much funnier version to that story. But I did, I do remember getting the Xbox and I remember having stolen it. And, and it, I was enticed by it because I had plenty of friends who had this Xbox mm -hmm. and I didn't have one and I wanted one. And um, so I did what I had to to get one as a 15 year old or whatever it was. And it was by choosing an evil, wicked route. I was deceived into thinking, you know, if I can somehow get this Xbox, stealing it from my grandmother is going to be worth it. My grandmother, your mom, dad, you know, the sweetest lady, super generous. And it was just a wicked and awful oh, thing. And I remember getting the Xbox and trying to play it after having stolen it. Mm. And I like couldn't enjoy it. Mm. I was too guilty. And I think it highlights to me this thing of like how sin, this, it's deceives you. You think you're going to get something you want. Yeah. 
and then you get it and it does not satisfy it does the opposite it takes life from you it's like poison you know if you're a guy you know pornography is such a big thing um in our culture it seems like it's going to satisfy but you know it well it's it it takes life it's like poison or greed mm-hmm. going after money in, in wicked ways or even mm-hmm. just setting your heart on on gaining and gaining and gaining money um never satisfies mm-hmm. uh, the way we expect it to and so there's this thing of deception and we can see it so clearly between satan and eve and i want to talk really briefly and really quickly about that and um, I want you to see how Satan gets us to sin. And there's three things that are really, really important when we think about God's word. Because what Satan had done is he had twisted God's word, and he did it in these three ways. And there are three rules that when we think about God's word, we want to apply to our lives, which is number one, take nothing from it. We take nothing from the word of God. We add nothing to it. And we change, lastly, number three is we change nothing in it. Take nothing from it, add nothing to it, and change nothing in it. And what we see when we work through this chapter in Genesis is that Satan and Eve broke every one of these rules. And it ultimately led to deception and sin. First, first one is the is that um, Satan and Eve they took from his word. The way that they did this, um, and I don't want to take credit for this, by the way. A lot of this is coming from a good teacher named David Pawson. If you haven't heard of him, you should check him out. He's great. But the first way in which they did this is they took from his word. Um, if you notice his his name, the Lord is taken from their conversation. You will not see the Lord as a title when they begin to converse about what God had said. If you remember, God spoke to them saying, you know, he, he gave them specific instruction. And then when Eve and Satan are talking about that instruction, they never actually use his name. They don't use the name, his name, the Lord. And, um, the next thing that's taken is when Eve is speaking about God, the word freely is removed mm. from, um, if, if you remember, God said freely eat from any tree in the garden except this one. Mm. But when Eve's describing it, the word freely is taken from his word. And so we see his title, the Lord, is taken. And we see freely is also taken when Eve and Satan are describing the instruction from God. So now this instruction from God that was meant to be um, life-giving, freely eat from any tree in the garden, is now taken. This idea of freedom is even taken from the instruction of God. The next thing is that they added to his word. Satan said, um, did he say you couldn't eat from any tree in the garden? And uh, what he's getting at is, is again, this idea of like, um, he's adding something to uh, his word. God never said anything about not being able to eat from any tree. He, He was a specific tree, right? And so he's adding something to the word of God. And something really interesting that happens 
is even as Christians, people will say of us, you know, Christians can't do anything. Mm. You know, this, the, again, it's this thing of freedom. Mm. You know, it, it, it's almost like you can start to see what Satan's doing is he's twisting God's instruction into something that um, takes freedom from us. You know, he's saying you can't eat from any of the trees here. You know, he, he's trying to twist God's word into a thing that rather gives freedom, takes freedom. Mm. And, and we see that in the Christian culture, sadly, is there can be this reputation many times of like, Christians can't do anything, right? We, they look at the instruction of God as restrictive mm. to you, right? And that's a twist from Satan. And then the last thing that I want to mention is that uh, they changed um, the word shall to less. And so that's when God said, you shall die if you eat from the tree. What happened in the conversation is that was changed from shall to less. So, so what Eve had done is she said, instead of you shall die, if you eat from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she changed it to less you die. She's making it less, she's making, she's changing it from like a certainty to a probability. Mm. And what happens when that, when, when you do that is your the sharpness of his word, the consequence of his word um, is taken. And so you know, if a consequence is taken from the instruction, you're less likely to obey that instruction. Mm. And Satan lastly changes it. He emphasizes that little change and he makes it even more significant. He says, you shall not certainly die. So he strips all the consequence away. Mm. And ultimately, Eve, you know, eats from that tree. And so what you can start to see in Satan's temptation as he starts to change your view of God, mm. he starts to get you to think of God as restrictive and taking your freedom. So when we look at sin and our temptation to sin, saying no to sin oftentimes um, feels like we're restricting ourselves. But what God says is, no, it's, it's protective. It's um, life-giving to stay mm. away from from sin, and you can start to see how Satan twists that. He starts to say, no, if you sin, you'll get something that you don't have in Christ. And so what I want to finish up with is something I love what John Piper says when he talks about this is sin. He says sin makes promises to you and you believe them, right? You believe that you'll gain something when you sin. It promises to be more satisfying than what you can receive in Christ alone. Hmm. And, you know, nobody wakes up and says, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to sin. <laughs> like yeah. nobody says today I'm going to wake up and I'm going to sin. I can't wait. I'm going to sin so much. It's going to be fantastic. Nobody says that sin is deceptive. We're led into it through um, deceptive desires or selfish desires. And I love, again, what Piper says about this is you need something more satisfying, more pleasurable than sin itself. And why not it be the one who overcame sin, mm. the one who overcame sin and death, Jesus, the fact that we can have a relationship with him, that he's, he redeems us, that he saves us from this very sin. And it goes beyond that. You can find pleasure in knowing him. He's real. He's a real person. He's a real being that you can know who gives you strength, who bears your burdens, who redeems you, who frees you from sin. You can wake up and know him daily and finding pleasure in him is the only way that I've experienced you can really learn to be done with sin. 
I think there's something to be said about his spirit empowering us, but I would say, you know, finding pleasure in God, finding pleasure in Jesus really is what's going to overcome any and all pleasure that you find mm. in sin. And so I want to pray for us from that vein that you would find satisfaction and pleasure in Christ as you ought to, mm. and that you'd be protected from any pleasure that you might think will satisfy you in sin. That's so good. Yeah. Such a great perspective. Good job. It's yeah. really good. And I can't help help but think just with, with Father's Day getting cupcakes and and apples, <laughs> the difference between an apple and a cupcake. Like intellectually, I know that the apple is going to be healthier, give me energy and then some long term. But my gosh, the the how appealing that cupcake is and how the enemy can use that short-sighted deception. Yeah. It's really, really good to kind of good analogy. It's good stuff, man. It's really good. That's good. All right. Well, pray us out into our Tuesday and pray that uh, that our uh, will allow the Holy Spirit to be pointing out things sin in our in our lives that we can uh, deal with today. Yeah, Father, I ask that you would please help us uh, today to uh, find pleasure in you, Jesus, and the redemption that you give to us, and the freedom that you give to us in sin through your Spirit and. Father, um, please make known to us the paths that Satan would be tempting us to walk yeah. that uh, would lead us not into freedom, but really into restriction or into a thing of, of um, thing of being away from you. And Father, help us to see the, the, the paths that you have us on that, that others may say, oh, that's restrictive or that's not free. Help us to see these paths as ones that are life-giving. Yeah. And Father, help us to, to trust in your word and to take it as it is and to not add anything or take anything mm -hmm. or change anything, um, but to come to it and to receive life from it as we're meant to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well done. Brother. It's good stuff. Have a great Tuesday, guys. Love you all.